I get asked about it all the time in the streets. We scaled it in one year to a billion dollars a year in sales. The Aussie entrepreneur and retail expert, Adam Hudson. How do you find a product to sell? That's step number one. As soon as I opened the box, I just went, this is a business. After the years I've had with Amazon, I just don't want to deal with Amazon. I don't ever want to be suspended by a bot. And then I've got $50,000 worth of toilets in their Sydney warehouse and they won't even pick up the phone, right? And so I'm like, F Amazon. So many entrepreneurs attach personal failure to their business failing. No, nothing no. wrong with you, the human. It's you, the entrepreneur, that needs to level up your game. Sell fast, move on. It's conditioning, right? I relate business like boxing. The first time you get punched in the face, it's going to hurt a lot. So I was nervous. I'm like, oh shit, I've talked myself up into this relationship. Now Doug's issued me an invoice and it's 150 grand. Nothing about this is luck, boy, this ain't ambition. Nothing gets in our way, we on a clear mission. We making plans, we just trying to lift society. Working so hard that we growing notoriety. And we born to drive, yeah, it's inside of me. Eric, Mark, and James, we giving game, they inspiring. Adam clear with the vision, it's so deployable. You do what you want when you live in life, unemployable. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Unemployable. It is fantastic to have you with us. Thank you for being here. Uh, the AI pod from last week dropped this morning and already it is on fire. The comments that are coming in from around the world are electric. We are climbing up the Aussie podcasting ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, hello. Tell them we're number coming. 11, number we're number 12 in entrepreneurs uh, podcasts on Apple as of this morning. But we are only just getting started here. So uh, first big thank you for the morning is to you guys, our listeners. We are so grateful for you guys. Every comment that you drop, we read. We appreciate your attention. We know it's an attention economy and there is a lot of people uh, demanding your attention and requesting it. So we're doing our best to give you something unique, something that's valuable to you as an unemployable um, person out there in the marketplace. Eric, thanks again for wearing tennis shorts that are very uh, loose. I appreciate it. Just think, keep keep think, your eyes on the camera, mate. I think he even had hemmed up a little bit for you. Adam. Oh, God, I know. It's just tragic. You're so much safer over on that side. <laughs> um, how are you guys going? You're good? Pretty good. Well, tell us about your trip up, mate. It's uh, weekly. You're like the, uh, yeah, getting, yeah, getting the yeah. 323 up here every Back time. on that Monday, Monday afternoon flight and... Um, yeah. Up from Melbs. Up from Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. Um, had a week off last week though. Did you? Yeah. Big yeah. 4-0, Braddy. 40th birthday. We're up at the uh, up in the Mornington Peninsula, so we had a spent a week up there and spent some time with family. Sort so it was good to have a bit of a rest, but it's awesome to be back today. Saw, saw a lot of cocktails getting thrown in there. Yes. Yes. Campari, but look at it. May yeah. or may not have been tabletop bar dancing, but. But you? No, uh, <laughs> oh. Right. You, were the, you were the last young guy on the panel. Now we're all 40. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Briefly, right. and then me, 50. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to see James doing a limbo at your birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have liked to have seen you do it in those shorts. At all. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, <laughs> so, guys, guys, so today's podcast, what we're going to be doing is diving in to um, my electric toilet story because it's a funny thing, you know, like... Every time I talk about these electric toilets, people are fascinated. And I think it's because the story is very accessible, right? You can't get more humble and down to earth than the humble toilet. And it's actually partly or one of the primary reasons I started the company was because after years of being a teacher, so I started on Amazon, sold on Amazon for five years before I started teaching it. Then I held on to those businesses for three more years. And then I stopped selling because the teaching side got so big. When I finished... 
um, to being a teacher of Amazon um, with my former company, I kind of wanted to see whether I still had the goods, right? Like, or was I a classic case of those who can't do teach, right? So I kind of wanted to start this business to see if I still had the goods. And so whenever I talk about it, it's kind of fascinating. You guys are going to quiz me on that today. And for the listeners, um, you, I think you'll find this story really helpful, very practical, and very accessible if you're looking to start a side hustle, because this is the quintessential, in my opinion, product side hustle it has it ticks all the boxes for the reasons that we'll cover today so uh, tune in you'll really enjoy it but to kick the show off um i wanted to just share a question that we received from a listener this is from john in arizona in the united states and john wrote us a really lovely email via the website and we're thinking guys uh, for those of you listening if you do want to submit a question um we might put it up on our socials and run a poll or we might answer it here on the pod uh, just go to our website unemployable.com.au um, and uh, let us know what's on your mind. I could read you the whole email uh, from John, but first of all, John, what's up? Thanks for listening from Arizona. Appreciate it. Um, really interesting. Basically, he's done $4 million in sales on Amazon. Was super inspired by your um, interview that we did with you, Mark. Uh, so he's done sort of the same level, uh, but in US dollars, but he's done that over a number of years rather than just in one year. And he's had some challenges with it. He's working on his sixth brand at the moment, and he's watched you know the usual Amazon story where quite often the margins get eaten away and all that sort of stuff but I, I guess I just isolated one of the questions that he asked which is how do you recover from a big hit mentally and I think this is something that so many of our audience either have dealt with are dealing with or absolutely will deal with if you're an unemployable creative or entrepreneur you are going to get big hits there is no question if you step in the ring you're going to get punched in the face even if you're Floyd Mayweather right so I might just ask each of you what, what, if you think about big hits that have come in your life, what do you do to recover from those big hits? I, I, had, a, I had a similar question during the week. It was a 22-year-old kid. I um, hope he doesn't mind me mentioning it, but basically saying, you know, I want to change my life. I want to change my business. I've of, of, um, tried Amazon. hasn't quite worked. And the first thing that I said is it took me a long time to realise, but it's normal. I see you and there's nothing wrong with you. And it took me a long time to realise that failure is part of the journey. Right? So that's the first thing I'd say. It, it is all part of the initiation. And then it's small wins. You know, it takes time to build confidence back and it takes time to get small wins. But often we try and... There's a great book called The Gap and the Gain. And when we're, when we're kind of looking forward... We're in that gap because we're looking at what we don't have or where we want to go. And that gap is quite long. But when we look back on all our past accomplishments or what we've done to date, I mean, a failure is a badge of honour in my books, right? And that they should be celebrated. So looking back, it, it often becomes a little bit easier to see all that we've done and not the, the distance that we've still got to go. And then I think it's just the process of small wins. I, I used to have sales associates that used to come and want to become sales professionals when they were selling land. And that was one thing that I would make sure that I, I focused on with them is small wins, small steps at a time. So that book was Gap and Gain, G-A-I-N for Nelly. It's an, incre in, an incredible book about um, conditioning yourself to not always look so far into the future and, and, and close that gap between what you, where you are and what you want by looking backwards at what you've achieved. James, any tips? Yeah, um, you know, I've had 
as we used to commonly call them, uh, shit sandwiches. I've, I've, been, I've had <laughs> more, shit, uh, more shit sandwiches than I'd care to, to admit. But, um, you know, as you get a bit more seasoned, when, again, to your point, when you're younger, it feels like a catastrophe. As you get a bit older, it's just like, okay, cool, whatever, you dust off and get moving. But to sit down and go, you know, when you say I've had a, a, um, a bad uh, loss or this, sit down and write down how bad is it really? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, because oftentimes you can catastrophize in your own mind, and you can build it up to be this mental monster that's not really that big. Or talk to a mate or a mentor or someone and go, right, this is what happened. All the pieces of shit are laying on the table. How do I put them back together, or do I put them back together at all? Um, but also sit down there and go, well, what can I learn from this? You know, what's the benefit in this right now that I can learn, see that so I'm not seeing that'll serve me later on? So what's what's the and it always does come around full circle. You go, ah, oh, that was that. Or, you know, it could be a personal relationship that's fallen apart. It could be a business. What am I not seeing that's the benefit in here right now that's going to serve me later? Dr. John Demartini does some great work that's on exactly that called the collapse to. process. Totally. And so what's the positive in it and what's the negative in it? Because there's always both. I did this with my, my mother um, last week, for example. My father passed away just two months ago. She was sitting down there a bit distraught. End of the conversation, it was like, ah, oh, wow, this is a whole new world. And that process is unbelievable. What are the positives? What are the negatives? And what am I not seeing right now that will serve me later? So there's that. And there's also this, um, I, um, a, 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 it's on my mirror um, in my bathroom, is this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. So whether you're going through an absolute shitstorm, know that this too shall pass. And when you're riding high, don't get too arrogant and ahead of yourself because this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. Things are always peak and trough. They never stay um, stable or, um, uh, or consistent, usually. So um, just having those, those three tips, I think, is probably where I'd go when, it, when the when it all hits the fan and it like it does regularly i mean so in the in the famous words of mr chow but did you die (laughs) 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 eric words of wisdom words of wisdom i posted this yesterday actually and success is stumbling from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm i think that was was, a golf whitlam no no golf whitlam yeah winston churchill right And, and i look at that and I think people need to have a big enough why and vision. For me, when I come home every day from the office, from meetings, and I see my wife and I see my two kids, it reminds me every day of what I, why I do what I do. <clears throat> I'm creating a legacy, and I want to show my kids what it takes to be successful in our own rights. And... I think people need to get very clear on that. And it takes a lot of time to really sit down and do some deep work on what your vision is and what is your why. I think a lot of people's why is make money. That's not a good enough why. You know, money is a byproduct. So for me, another thing is having a very close-knit community of people that you can trust, Mm. that you can speak to, and you can be vulnerable with, right? all egos aside, put your, e- <clears throat> put your ego on the shelf. You know, when you're entering that, that meeting or that coffee and literally be vulnerable, because to me, communication is everything. Mm. And we've all been in struggles and you're not the only one. Mm. And another thing I think about all the time is similar to what uh, James said, this time next year, you're not even going to be thinking about this. Yeah. That's what I always say. This time next year, it won't even be a thought. It's a thought right now, but you need to control it as best as possible by using some of these tips. The, it was John from Arizona, was it? Yeah. Like, exactly what he's done is, is a way to handle it. Reach out. 
and you've just had four help, yeah. guys share an opinion on it and it, it kind of normalizes it. Yeah. Um, there was a quote that actually I came across the other day. No man is more unhappy than he who never faces adversity for he is never permitted to prove himself. Yeah. And the obstacle truly is the way. That's, People have asked me that say. before. Like if you could have a rich dad and just like not have done it, I'd be like, no way, dude. Like who I've become in the process of coming from nothing, I wouldn't trade that for anything. And, and to James's point, my why is who I want to become. Yeah. It's not anything material. It's, it's the person that I want to become for myself, for my family, for, for my kids, my future kids. It's Yeah. Tony Robbins says something really powerful, which is um, nothing has any meaning other than the meaning that we attach. And so, so many entrepreneurs attach personal failure to their business failing, right? That's just so wrong. Like I have failed more than I've succeeded. You know, most of us here have except Derek, but, <laughs> but you know, same time, same market, same entrepreneur in Los Angeles, I had multiple companies running to failed to succeeded, right? Amazon succeeded, my animation company succeeded, my flight simulator business failed. Same entrepreneur, same market, same time, just got it wrong in a different market. But it is a slippery slope sometimes to have that mindset, oh, it's not me personally, because you do go, well, hang on, and you do, those thoughts do creep in still, yeah. creep in, fuck, is it me? What did I do? Am I you know all those negative thoughts creep in you've got to be the the keeper at the gate yeah well well hang on just yeah. cut that shit let's keep moving yeah, forward it's the market <laughs> i got the market wrong you know but it's but it's not you the human there's no, nothing no, wrong no. with you the human it's you the entrepreneur that needs to level up your game or whatever yeah. but these are all positive signals to improve sure. on right it doesn't make you any less of a human right i uh, agree yeah. only if you don't try again yeah then yeah. wow well, you know get up and go again i think i think you need to fail fast you know what i mean yeah. fail fast move on that's why i love having the boxing kangaroo here as well and the muhammad ali um uh, photo in the other set there because it's conditioning right i relate business mm -hmm. like boxing the first time you get punched in the face it's going to hurt a lot the first time you get a gut shot it's going to hurt a lot but after a while right you you become yeah. conditioned to taking that shot 100%. just like the shit sandwich how did your first shit sandwich taste like well adam and i shared it right <laughs> yeah but we, 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 we put in a, we, we put in a million dollar t-shirt yeah well, a t-shirt with a logo on it the too. first one will always taste the worst yeah. you know what i mean because after a while you get used to it not and, that and you want to keep failing but it's just part it's part of life part of entrepreneurship and when i went to america it's almost like in the u.s what i loved about it is they're like oh you, you failed a couple of things yeah it's like normal over there it's like yeah look this is capitalism failure happens it's survival of the fittest in australia there's this real stigma around failure and this meaning of shame and this meaning of this and that and all this meaning gets piled on there and um you know even in breakup of relationships end of people's lives you know there are some cultures that celebrate the passing of somebody you know there are some people who have divorce parties right when they break up they're like i got divorced yeah you know, like, so it's all a, a case of That's meaning. usually the one that cleaned out the other one. The only guy's fucking about the neck himself. That's fine. Well, you never know, right? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, and you've just got to share it and, and put it out there and not hold it in, you know, because a lot of people are scared. Oh, what, what's my dad who kept saying, you shouldn't have done that, going to yeah, think? Yeah. Or what's my grandma or mum who said, yeah, you shouldn't have done that, go be a doctor. You worry about what they think. But like James said, I've got a million dollar T-shirt for my failure. Once you put it out there, it doesn't own you anymore. 
Don't keep it bottled in. And not only that, I mean, it happens to the... Like, think of Lehman Brothers. Think of Enron. Like, they're the biggest companies in the world. Well, and they, they go tits up. They so. were scams. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. We can see what type of businesses James is involved in as well, obviously. I feel bad. It's, Compared it's, to it's a James complete Denver. fraudster, you're good. You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Invest with me. <laughs> you heard about Sam Bankman-Fried? So this is the Gold Coast. Jesus, boys. We're trying to lift the reputation. What color are your shoes? Yeah. Yeah, James does have a tattoo. Tattoo of a pyramid on his back. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? Best way to make a million dollars on the Gold Coast is start with two. <laughs> Get after it, John. We, we see you, mate. All right, guys. So over to you. It is now time for you to ask me questions about this humble little dunny business. Uh, we'll get the jokes out of the way up front. Yes, there's lots of back-end revenue, blah, blah, blah. Shitty yeah, product. Shitty that. product, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. over to you. You guys can kick it off. You can ask pretty much anything you want. What, what I thought we might do before diving the questions, let's just quickly look at the website. We're just going to play one video. So those of you who want to see this business, it is called Dry Flush. So D-R-Y as in wet, dry. So Dry Flush as in toilet. And here's the main video just so you can see what the toilet does. Check out this incredible portable toilet, perfect for camping, RVs, caravanning, or anything off-grid. Watch this. Damn! Exactly. What you just saw is a game changer in portable toileting. Using a patented Mylar bagging system with a fan and a vacuum, this toilet instantly wraps your waste and the smell at the push of a button. There are no chemicals, no smell, and nothing to install like wires, vents, or plumbing. You can set this electric toilet up anywhere in under a minute, and you are literally good to go. Welcome to Lavio by Dry Flush, a game changer in portable toileting. <laughs> There you go. Mate, as someone who has stayed at a lot of uh, tiny home accommodations with compost toilets, that is a game changer. <laughs> On it's pretty a 40 cool, degree right? day, you do not want those. Very demonstrative. So over to you guys. So, like, uh, we'll look at the other videos we've got a bit later. But, uh, you know, what would you like to know? Because I get asked about it all the time in the streets. We scaled it in one year to a run rate now of a million dollars a year in sales um, at a, a little over 20%, about 22 23% profit and it's growing and i'll leave it to you to ask I, the margins growing as well i think it always it's best start at the beginning is like you know what, what was it where was it you out intentionally looking for a, pro, a product specifically to sell like it's a boring product essentially as well or was it by default was it a third party search like tell us how you uh, what was the impetus and what, uh, why you're on a search for that toilet yeah so that is a great question and it's probably the number one question is how do you find a product to right. sell that's step number one. So this product, like most things in life, um, came about organically. So I'd made an investment into a company called Goldie Caravans, which you guys can look up online, G-O-L-D-Y Caravans. It was a good friend of mine. Um, he, was, uh, he is a very passionate guy about that vintage retro kind of vibe era. And he'd, um, his idea was to build a retro looking caravan like the old Franklins from the 70s and 80s, but um, make them brand new with all the mod cons. And I knew the guy really well, so I gave him one of my factories. I invested in the company so that they had capital to start. And I worked there, not full-time, but almost full-time for the first six months to help them get going. So uh, creating the branding, all that stuff. And the very first caravan that I sold for them 
um, was a lady who said, I want a incinerator toilet put in this. So I don't want the chemical toilet, I want an incinerator toilet from Cinderella. And I, I said, yeah, sure, no worries. Having no idea what that was, <laughs> right? So I quickly Googled it and this was a toilet that burns poo. So it's, it's like a cremation urn. So you, you do your, you do your uh, oven, so you do your business, uh, little steel flaps open up, you do your, your poop, and then the steel flaps close. And then like gas-powered torches like cook your poo until it goes to ash. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. And it had these big pipes that come out the back and um, it was $7,500. Now, I've later learned that this guy who has the rights to that product in Australia makes most of his money selling it to dongers and mine sites and remote locations where there's no water. But for caravan use, when I rang Cinderella and said, hey, I've got a client, I'm from Goldie Caravans, we want to order one. They said, no, we're not going to sell it to you. And I'm like, why? And they said, because it can't go into an environment that's moving because it rattle it and it'll move it around too much and we won't be able to warranty it. Mm. Then when we looked closer, it wouldn't have fit in the van either because you needed like, you know, six inches of insert space for the venting systems. So you need a vent through the floor and a vent out of the roof and the vent hole was this big. And so I had to ring this customer at an $85,000 sale pending this toilet because I said to her, whatever the toilet costs, you'll have to pay. She said, that's fine. She said, well, if I can't have that, I'm not having a caravan with a chemical toilet. I need you to find something else. So I was like, wow. So our first sale in this brand new caravan startup was hinging on a toilet. So of course I was forced into the situation of going hunting. And then I found these guys online in America um, and I saw not that video, but I saw their videos and their website and I said, hey, this looks incredible. Um, can I order um, two of them and get it down to Australia? So he shipped them down to me and I opened the box and went and, and saw what you just saw on the video and was like, wow, this thing's amazing. It's patented. You can pick it up and put it anywhere. And then I started to learn about all the applications for it as a handicap or disability toilet for bedside use for portable homes, tiny homes. Um, now we sell them to remote um, Aboriginal communities in the far northwest. We've sold them to, like we just had a tourism park in South Australia where all the rocks and geology and stuff is. They don't have any water out there and they've just ordered them just going, these are amazing. And we just sold some to BHP who want to put them in there. They've got 183 locomotives. So they want to put them into trains, they go into aeroplanes. Um, so there's this really broad use case. So that's how I found the product. And then I negotiated the rights and different things. So that's the second part of it. You found the toilet, you ordered one uh, to fit this use case or was the negotiations to be a distributor for that or did you wait till you had it one, one in situ and yes, it's going to be the, the goods. What was the next step? Yeah, so I got the product and was just genuinely wowed with the product and I've been around products, right? Because I've had 10 years of not only selling on Amazon but teaching 15,000 of our students and I saw so many of these products. And I was like, oh, wow, this, this product ticked a lot of boxes. Um, number one, it was patented. <laughs> so you can't copy it. Number two, it had a huge track record. They've been in business for 14 years in America. They don't do any advertising. And they've sold thousands and thousands of units. There was testimonials. And I started to look at and and it had the price point. So I don't like selling products for 50 bucks online. I like products that are expensive because there's even if the like this this product's just over two thousand dollars let's say there's you know 40 or 50 percent gross margin before cost in it 
let's say 50%, just for ease of numbers, that's $1,000 between the buy price and the sell price to operate the business, right? And that's a lot different to having a $60 product with $30 to operate the business because just advertising alone, excuse me, will kill it. So the high ticket, and I'm sure you're going to draw me on this, James, the numbers guy and Mark as well, uh, all of you are numbers guys. So um, I liked the high ticket. I liked the patent. I liked the fact that I wasn't really taking a risk from the standpoint it had already been proven as product market fit. Um, I liked the fact I would be dealing with Americans. I really liked the fact of the back end, pardon the pun, that the toilet requires the bags. And so the more units I get in, it's like selling Xerox photocopiers. They need to be serviced or they need the ink or they need the consumables, right? So I love that about it that I could essentially give away the profit on the front end to build a back-end mm. recurring income business. So I liked all of those factors. So I simply um, started building relationship with Doug, who you'll see in a moment. Um, we'll play a short video. Doug's a terrific human being, typical old-school uh, American businessman who bought the American business. Uh, what happened was the guy who invented this toilet uh, was an Am American soldier and he served in India hmm. and he observed up close the sanitation problems. He spent three years when he got home inventing that toilet and then he found a wealthy Connecticut family who uh, made their money from patents uh, that uh, funded him to get all the patents done, all the moulding, the injection moulds and everything and they became partners. Then uh, the inventor passed away sadly and the family office that was the investor said we want to sell it and they went to their accountant and the accountant, Doug had retired. Doug sold the packaging business for tens of millions of dollars that he'd spent 38 years building, but he was an entrepreneur and he was itchy. And so his accountant said, hey, Doug, I think I've found something for you. Check this toilet business out. So Doug bought the business and, uh, and then I met Doug. That's amazing. Yeah, how, how soon after you saw the product did you think, hey, I can make a business out of this? And then About 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. And then how long did it take you from, from that moment to placing the first order? Because a lot of people ask. Well, I ordered the two toilets for the caravan yep. right away because I figured, I, you know, I'll order those and see what they're like. And as soon as I opened the box, I just went, this is a business. I knew that. But then the more I looked into it, I was like, this is a really good business. And, um, and, having, and having known the story a little bit, so it won't be a bit of a spoiler alert, there's a, a massive um, uh, value piece you could add on arbitrage when it came to their marketing and your marketing. Yeah, yeah, which, we'll get into that. Which is the, the big piece. Yeah, so how long did it take and then what research did you do to, to be able to validate the idea and, and you know? Great questions, yeah. great questions. So I basically emailed Doug and I said, Doug, I love the product. It's fantastic. I said, um, do you have a distributor in Australia? And he said, no. And I was like, why? Hasn't anybody ever asked? And he said, yeah, people have asked. I said, well, why haven't you appointed anybody? He said, because everybody wants to drop ship. They just want to market and then order from us and then we ship them onesies and twosies over as they take. He says, I'm looking for partners. So I want people who are going to put up some money and be committed to it um, because when people need the consumables, they need to be in country. You know, like if you run out of dunny bags, you don't want to have to... FedEx them from New York, mm -hmm. right? So he said, I said, all right, so what does that look like? He said, well, you know, I need somebody who's going to invest in inventory. And I'm like, okay, well, let's put that together on paper. What would a container cost of toilets and all the bags, the pee powder, because the system requires both. So when a liquid goes in there, 
there's this little um, powder that you sprinkle like a teaspoon in and it turns the liquid into an odorless gel in yeah. about 60 seconds and it means that you don't have to use a bag every time so you can get a lot more usage out of the bag um, and so anyway the, the short story is a 40 foot container was going to cost about uh, from memory I think it was about $150,000 Aussie? The, Aussie uh, for the container um, and then I did my math on a new website, photography, all the collaterals and stuff, uh, launch costs, shows, blah, blah, blah. So in my head, I'm thinking this is a $250,000 kickoff by the time it's all said and done. I said, Doug, I would be prepared to do that. And he goes, what's your background? And then he Googled me. Yeah. And then he went, oh, this guy knows what he's doing because he saw my Amazon story, etc." And he was like, yeah, definitely interested in, in talking to you. So... I said, if I buy that amount, what would the, the deal terms? He said, you'd have exclusivity. I said, can I get New Zealand, got Australia, New Zealand, uh, exclusive distribution. And there was minimum order quantities for year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. Um, and, and we negotiated those terms. And, but I could tell dealing with Doug and his offsider, John, his right-hand man, who, who you won't see a video of John, just proper gentlemen, like really good people that part of the world Connecticut is 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 that that people don't even lock their doors up there you know and so that's that's how that came to be so that's how I secured the rights got a simple agreement in place and made the order and so then I'm like okay now I've got to figure out now to answer the second party question how did I validate the idea well number one obviously I saw the use case in America and I watched a lot there's a lot of videos on YouTube and a lot of them are from customers that are unprompted that are going, I just got my Labio dry flush toilet, right? And they love the product. I saw one video that had like 15 million views, which was an RV company, and they just demonstrated, they have it, they've had this thing called Flush It Friday, and it was to see what weird thing they could put in their dry flush toilet, and it's still flushed. <laughs> and they were getting millions of views on it. So I knew wow. the product was a hit, and they hadn't advertised at all. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got advertising and marketing experience. I know how to elevate your brand, like mm. that video you just saw, right? Um, so I was like, if they can do that, and I know how much Aussies love camping. So I went to, a, to Google and I went to um, a keywords tool, keyword planner, and I put in camping toilet. How many searches are there a month in Australia and New Zealand? And is it growing? Is it falling? Then I put in disability toilet, handicap toilet, boat toilet, marine toilet, mm. RV toilet, camp toilet, offsite toilet, plane toilet. <laughs> composting toilet incinerator toilet you know so you did it did an inventory of all the keywords absolutely because yeah, my strategy like was i'm gonna buy i'm gonna pay google to drive traffic to the website i don't i said to doug what about trade shows and he's like no dude like you're not going to make many sales from trade shows and i'm like no 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 i'm gonna do it so we went to the next caravan show got a stand got five guys on the stand sold one toilet in the whole weekend <laughs> right because nobody wants to talk about a dunny i mean it just looks like a toilet so mm. Anyway, so that, that's, that's so I did the keyword research and, and like, for example, I think from memory at the time, it was 12,000 searches a month for camping toilet, right. 10,000 for uh, bedside commode. Right? I, I, these might not be exact, but they're in that ballpark. But add them together, it's tens of thousands of searches a month. There's no reason to be looking up bedside commode unless you're going to buy one mm -hmm. <laughs> or camping. Like, so these are intentional searches for that product. And I figured if I can sell 30 of these a month at two grand, that's 60 grand a month for plus from back end, there's probably a million dollar business here pretty quick. And I was right. Mm. With that bet, it's nearly akin to M&A, like the transaction I just did there. You, 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 
without actually purchasing the, the company itself. You've got an established company. It's, it's how many umpteen years old. It's got demand. It's got reviews. It's got every, all the hallmarks of, a, of an acquisition mm -hmm. without the upfront except for inventory. Mm -hmm. So it's the, the, the DD process is, is um, quite, uh, quite similar to... Very logical. Yep. Um, and, it's, and it's like you said in, when we asked you about acquiring, I, like Alex Homozi's stack, here's the four things I look for in a business. Number one is, is there a starving crowd? Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a chemical toilet being emptied or had to do it yourself, but yes, it is literally a, a shit job. I've got a job. video of it. Yeah. <laughs> My dom There's took a video of me doing it once at, at a little camping trip. Was uh, when worst. I saw this, I didn't know this existed until I got into the caravan business. And I said, how does a chemical toilet work? And then you pull this cartridge out the side of the caravan that's full of your shit, <laughs> and you walk that cartridge across a campsite in front of everybody to a little hole where everybody's pouring their shit and you literally pour it out with chemicals mixed in. Mm. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely a hungry market that would like a solution <laughs> to that, right? Mm. So, and there's videos on YouTube of people posting themselves vomiting as they do it. Oh. One by dropped his sunglasses down the hole and had to retrieve them and like, it's just horrendous. So, so yeah, so was, there's a real Hermosi stack. Number one, does it solve a real problem? Yes, it does. Because with the, with the Cinderella, it's the power consumption is the equivalent of having a microwave running on high for 45 minutes. Now, yeah. Greg lives in a caravan, in an in a RV, right? And imagine the draw on his power just to flush one poo and you have to wait 45 minutes before you can use it again because it's cooking the last one, right? Mm. So if you've had Indian the night before, you, <laughs> that's going to really put a new meaning to hot. <laughs> not, not only just to Hamosi's point about is there a hungry market, it's what's the total addressable market. It's, it's a secondary market to the primary market, which is caravanning in Australia with the baby boomers retiring, mm -hmm. the grey army, and especially after COVID, the TAM is massive. The mm -hmm. TAM's massive. The second thing in the Hamosi stack is can they afford it? Yeah. Now, I believe, I made a bet that people would pay $2,000 for an amazing solution like that that solves a real pain point. Yeah. And the third one is, can you reach the market? Yeah. So I went to Google and yes, I can buy advertising and it's not that competitive. Camping toilets is not like finance, mortgage home loans or something. It's a niche, right? So I could reach the market and was it a growing market is the last test of Hermosi's four-part stack. And yes, it's a growing market. People are, yeah, as costs go up, generally through inflation, People are holidaying more via camping. That that's an awesome point that you boys just made on the on the macro trend for for, mm. for this business. It's huge, right? Aging population, but not only that, inflation. So, ho when's the last time you looked at hotel prices? They're, they're, they're incredible, like yeah. tripled, tripled. Yeah. And um, Starlinks, Elon Musk's um, uh, internet company, are talking about releasing a Starlink Mini that'll basically fit in your backpack, and so you'll be able to take it to the most remote places in the world and have internet. So small house or tiny house accommodation is gonna be on the rise everywhere. And Melbourne just passed a law that you can add a granny flat without council approval in Victoria now. So there's thousands and thousands the of cases grow. And yeah, and, and it costs, I mean, I get phone calls every day from people going, I've just got a quote to put a toilet in the outhouse out the back and it's 20 grand for the mm -hmm. council approval. But are you saying I can just open this out of the box and do a poo and then flush it and I don't see a smell? Boom, yes. So that's what's happening. A lot of families might might um, might get an extra run for the backyard, uh, even without outhouses. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. When you were negotiating the deal and uh, back and forth uh, with the company, did you physically go to the U.S.? I have not been to the U.S. at all yet. 
Okay. I mean, I've, I've been to the U.S. many times, obviously, but not. But, but I haven't. You didn't been. go and do no. see, see their operation, no. anything like that. It was just you basically trust off the phone Zoom. calls and zooms and Zoom, yeah. and the videos that you seen, and you knew they were upfront guys just based on your experience. Ah, uh, just based on experience. Yeah. If you spend, five, you'll see Doug in a minute. You know, and and we might jump in and show a video, so you just get a context of the kind of company they are. Would you? To your question. Would you? So obviously, you've got thirty years experience in business, as an example. Mm. If someone's new to business and they see this idea, what would you recommend them doing? Would you recommend Great them question. like physically going there, meeting them, looking at the setup? Obviously, with your experience, you've seen these guys, upfront guys, great product. What, what would you recommend for someone that's going, I'm looking for my first product? Yeah. Well, there's you, many products like this, right? There is. And you've actually texted a few to me. Um, uh, you know, one of them sitting out there right now. Yeah. We're constantly looking for products like that, right? That are, that are though, that wow. I like demonstrable products, products that I, you can quickly see the result. So, you know, that's a wow result that you can see. So you don't have to explain it too much. You don't need to be such a salesman or whatever. Um, but to answer your question, if I was starting out, when we ran Reliable Education, one of the things we taught all students to do was spend $100 and get a professional website made, just like a template website. Get somebody on Fiverr or Upwork. Your name, Hudson Imports, Machado Imports. Get a little bit of copy written, right? We are uh, um, looking to, uh, uh, we're, we're e-commerce experts. We look for brands that are differentiated, that have this and then have that, just like listen to this pod back about all the features of this. Um, click here to apply for us to be your Australian distributor or something like that. Just simple one page, professional photo of yourself, professional logo. Um, find the best dressed person or the most stylish person you know to look at your website because sometimes you get kinesthetic people who are like, you know, sitting there in a pair of desert boots with brown corduroy pants on and a purple shirt thinking they look good. And you're like, brother, you need, you need a stylist. You need somebody who knows what looking good is, but they're really emotionally tuned in right so some people what i'm getting at some people just don't have a sense of style so get somebody who does have a sense of design to look at it and make sure it looks the goods then when you reach out say this is who i am this is my email address adam at hudsonimports.com i'm the founder and ceo we only deal with products that fit this particular criteria so you reposition yourself in that negotiation right uh, and, and they just go, wow. Now, of course, they might say, what other products have you done? And say, well, right now we're looking for our first products under this model, but I've studied e-commerce now for a bunch of years. I'm in several masterminds. That's if they ask it, or I'm mm. in a mastermind with other e-commerce sellers, and we are really hungry for our first big win, if they ask. With uh, them researching you as an example, when they said, okay, who are you? Because we want a serious player. We've been approached by multiple people. How much of your relevance, right? Obviously, Googling Adam Hudson online, heaps of videos, heap, heaps of credentials, a lot of credibility there. How much do you think that impacted the deal? Look, I know a lot of people will say, oh, that was, that was, it, it, that's why you got it. But I honestly don't believe that. Like, I would admit to it if I think that's what it was. I think the fact that I wasn't a dickhead on the, on the calls with them, that I said I will put up the 200 grand for the container and the other commitments and I was respectful in my approach and that I ordered two products when I said I'd ordered the two products and I showed them, you know, that I'm gonna put them in this caravan. I could have just had a caravan, I think, and said, I'm a caravaner, I'm an enthusiast, and I'm prepared to invest in this idea. I honestly believe that would have got it over the line. And 
to, to further your question, Eric, and to break it down one step further, you know, if it's your first product, or well, if you're a younger person listening to the pod and you don't actually have the capital or the experience and, you, and you're effectively a deal scout, well, you've got four guys sitting here to come partner with you can then put their credibility behind the negotiation. Correct. No, Great point. Not knowing how to do a deal, like a lot of people, if it was their first deal, would get nervous because totally. they don't know if the deal terms are, are favourable. So speaking... Bring it here. Exactly what I just said. Right? Or speaking yeah. to someone who's done a deal before before, I had a friend ring me during the week and said, I've been offered an investment proposition in this X and X business and, and whatever. And and just guiding him through how to do a deal, what to look at, how to value the business, et cetera, allows him to go back. So if you if you haven't done a deal before, speak to someone who does and, and learn at, the language. Look because at Matt Fraser. Matt Fraser had, at that time, he, he owned a Hungry Jack store and then he got the rights to a product that made him $35 million mm. without any... Uh, he had two failed Amazon business products mm. prior to that. Yeah, but even... even um, you're back to the point about uh, was uh, your past e-com experience relevant. It's just anyone that's worth their salt has got a business like the guys in the States, they'll pick a, a, you know, someone who's wet behind the ears apart in two seconds flat. So, again, if you've got a product and you're not that confident... Find someone who is confident, who has the experience and partner with them and use use their credibility. And if they knock you back on that basis, a guy like Doug, if you said to Doug, listen, I I, I respect, he would tell you, like, look, I'm just looking at someone with a bit more experience. So listen, Doug, I actually am connected to some pretty good people. What if I come back with somebody who has deeper experience than me and we do it together? Doug, like this type of guy, Doug mentoring my son, Josh, like he sent him all these resources because I said to Doug, one of the things that I want to do is teach him about business. And he's sent emails. There's good people out mm. there. So, mm. so you know, if you're transparent and open. Look, look, why don't we meet Doug quickly just so you can see who was the on the other side of the phone. So this, will, this is their website in the US. Now, I want to just preface this by saying this is not in any way to say these guys don't know what they're doing or anything. It's just to, these they're not. They're extremely confident. They're much smarter than me around engineering. But they, I just wanted to show you the kind of company it is. They're brick and mortar, old school, ethical, good dudes. But this is how he, this is on their website. And this is the video showing one of the products we sell, which is a floor lifter kit. So if somebody needs to have the toilet higher because they've got fr- a fragile um, structure or they're disabled or whatever, this is the video, and you'll notice straight away, it's an iPhone video, but just play it so you get a sense of who Doug is and their uh, skill set is obviously not marketing. This is the lift kit. We have a base. It has rubber feet on it. And this is a tray that goes on top. And it snaps in nice and tight. The toilet will then drop right in. Nice and firm. You like to order the comfort kit. What you're going to do is when you receive the handrails, you're going to pull this gray stopper off. Make sure you have two holes exposed to extend the legs out and put the stopper back in. And it will clear the toilet. Over here, and now you have clearance, and you can adjust it up even more. All right, that's enough, Greg. So, you get the you can hear that. I don't know what's in the background, it's like a fan or an air conditioner. Um, it's literally just shot on iPhone in the factory floor. And when I see that, I see opportunity totally. It's like seeing an ugly property with great bones. Mm. 
right? I loved that video. And uh, so that to me is like, if they're selling them from that, we can only improve. And, and, and you look, just go back to their website quickly, Greg. Now that's their website in America now, and look who's on their homepage, which is me with the, with the, the video I made. And I've got a phenomenal relationship with these guys now um, because of... Um, talk, talk to that point, because we are talking about it off, off pod before, um, is that you've got the, the rights here in Australia and New Zealand, you're doing a great job, you're obviously hitting MOQs to maintain your exclusivity, but you've obviously um, given them the rights to use your marketing. How's that helped the relationship? What's it done? Yeah, so the wonderful thing about an exclusive distribution right is that I'm not in competition with the other distributors, mm -hmm. right? So the guy who has the distribution rights for Canada, there's somebody who has distribution rights for in other markets. So I wanted to put the polish on it. So I, I realised I'm a long way from America and I want them, um, I want my Australian customers to know, hey, these guys are connected to the mothership. So as a keyword there, and you said polish and turd. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to polish this turd. <laughs> so yeah, so I wanted to put the um, I, I wanted to put it some polish, and I want, but I really wanted to connect America and Australia strongly, so that people didn't feel like I was this remote satellite office, mm. that there was a real relationship in place, and that the people in America, because it's coming from a long way away, are real. It's not made in China. It's made in America. Um, so the first thing I knew I needed was photos of the products, uh, sorry, of the factory, because I'm, I'm borrowing their credibility. So I said to Doug and John, who's an awesome, awesome guy, I said to both of them, look, guys, could you get me some photos of inside the factory? I want to see the factory. I want to see the staff. I want to see you making the cartridge bags and the toilets. Oh, yeah, no problem, Adam. And so, like, a few days later, Doug went around with his phone and, like, you know, how a, a sort of more senior general... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's like that. It's one of his faces. He's yeah. going to turn around. Yeah, yeah. It's a few like the wrong way around. A bit out of frame. And, and you know, Doug will be laughing if he watches this, right? But he's just the best guy. Like, but, but he's not a photographer, right? And so they sent me these photos that were kind of dark and shadowy and backlit. And I was like, how do I handle this? And I'm talking to my wife and I'm like, I'm just going to be really sensitive. I'm like, Doug, I really, really appreciate it. But would you mind if I got a professional photographer on my dime to go to your warehouse and take photos and then I'll give you all the photos as well. So you've got them for your website and on top of that, you can give them to all the other distributors as well. Hmm. And how can you say no to that? So I went to Snapper. So Snapper, which is S-N-A-P-R-R, -R, two R's, is Uber for photography. I've used them for years when I was living in the US for all kinds of things that I was involved with. So I went to Snapper, I put up a job saying, I've, I need a factory shoot done in Connecticut um, uh, this is what it is, where it is. And I had photographers put up their quote and for $300 Australian, a few days later, this awesome photographer goes there, makes a the time with Doug, takes, I, got, I think I got 200 photos. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable, all put up into a Dropbox and Doug was blown away because he'd never seen the, the company professionally photographed. Mm. And he's like, they're all in the dry flush shirts, the lighting's beautiful. And so if you go to our website and you look at and you go to the about page, you'll see these photos there. And so our Australian customers see this and then I had professional photos, they and I put myself next to Doug and John. And then I went to work on the videos. So obviously I have a lot of experience with videos after building reliable education, made 3,000 videos in five years selling our Amazon course. So I, that video for me was easy. I just rented a little studio. 
uh, by the hour. There's these studios on the Gold Coast now, like photo studios with those big hurricane walls, where you know, curved walls. I rented it. I got a videographer to come in. I just put a black backdrop. I got a little table from Bunnings, put a tablecloth on it, and we made all the videos that they've got on their website, like the one you saw, but I made them in Australia with an Australian voice. So I got new, and then I went on to 99 Designs. I got the Dry Flush logo made because I didn't like that old school Lavio thing, and I just went with Dry Flush. So you can see the Dry Flush logo on their website versus the one on ours. And so then they switched out all the collaterals inside the box for me. I got my Dry Flush sticker put on on the back manufacturer plate. It's got Dry Flush Australia now made on, by, you know, in America, but it's got Dry Flush and our 1-800 number. And they've just been an absolute joy to deal with. So I put all that marketing and everything I did, I said, here's my website. If anybody wants to copy my website, have at it. Here's all the SEO I've done. Here's all the keyword research I've done. Here's all the data every month I send them the, the reports. And Doug and John are just like, oh my God, like what a distributor. This guy is just unreal. And then they did some very nice things for me that, that as a result of my and that, and that's the giving. point. That's the point as well. Like Doug, Doug and John have been able to run a pretty decent business without the marketing. But Very they're decent. But they're sticking to their strengths. And then you've come in and you're using your strengths to amplify the business and take it to the, that next level. And, and to be clear, what they do is far more important. They yeah. make an amazing product. No, but the point is that as um, um, people who are working a job that want to become unemployable or as, as entrepreneurs, we need to try and find our strengths Correct. and our X factor and our ability to, to you know, add, add more to whatever the idea is. Mm. I love the, the add-on products, you know, like I know recent, recently you've been telling me how difficult it is with age to use the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to know what's your experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fans have got a birthday coming up, but it's a significant one, um, if we're correct. The big 5 in a few weeks, Jesus. Yeah, obviously the Lyft kids are targeted towards more of your demographic. <laughs> and we're going to leave that bit in too, oh, by the way. Revenge is going to be so sweet. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I'll hey. tell you when I get in the bath, my balls pop up on the top. <laughs> so tell me something. Yes, as an old man. What, with your wisdom. One year in, million dollars in revenue. Mm. I know that's not good enough for you. Where's <laughs> it going? Look, my, my spidey senses um, are that there's probably in Australia and New Zealand a three and a half to five million dollar business there. Um, what's interesting about the revenue is that we, it's, it, when I say 12 months, we started in March 23 and by December 24, sorry, March 20, yeah, sorry, March 23, December 23, so 23, yeah. So by nine months, if you look back on the, the three months leading up and average that out, we're on a million dollar run rate. Of that, when I started, it was like 90% of the revenue was the toilets because nobody had them. Mm. So there wasn't any consumables. Now, 40% of the revenue is back end, recurring revenue which is really, really good because there's no cost of acquisition on the back end buy. Mm. So when we buy a customer from Google, we spend X amount of dollars in advertising to get one customer to buy a toilet. The average cart value is significantly higher. The price of the toilet right now is 2100. The average cart value is 2800. So, and we've worked on that to get that up and that's buying additional bags and different things. 
But that when they come back, we didn't have to advertise for that customer. So the margin on the back end is very high compared can, to the front end. Can you end. break that down for us? What's your margin on a front end sale versus a back end sale now? Because I think that's a pretty important point. Mm. It's like a subscription Are you talking business. just the cost of advertising? Or are you talking, because so, it's hard because the, the overall running cost of the business is across all revenue. So, so let, but if you set aside, but, but there isn't a lot of overall running cost because we have a 3PL in Brisbane. Let, let's go basic, right? Let's say to sell a toilet with your, your total advertising right. cost, yep. what's your margin on just roughly, a toilet? Roughly 20%. And then what's your margin on a bag with no advertising 50 there you go yeah yeah and that's, their consumables that's, that's the difference and that's their consumables the every time they poop they pay that's like SAS margin yeah it, it is effectively too and but also with, again going back to the comment before is that you knew this product you had product market fit it worked and a, the question I want to go to now is that you know with all your experience and what you did it was the playbook from Amazon do this do that 99 designs flipper get the photography get the you know sell the sizzle but you know for the guys out there that are new to finding the new first product or whatever, I mean, I know because we've had conversations around this on, on the way up, it wasn't all just rainbows and butterflies. It was uncertainty from time to time. Will it work? Is there enough price elasticity? Talk us through that so people can get a, and also the, the, the balanced view of you taking this product from zero to a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to make a couple of points and I'll jump into that. A couple of points. The website right now is built on Wix. That wasn't, I don't think, the best decision. I probably should have went with Shopify. Mm. But when I launch businesses, I do sort of like an MVP launch, mm. minimum viable product. So I'll spend as little as I can. And people look at the photos and they look at the videos and they look at the website like, oh my God, that must have been a lot of money. It wasn't. The photos were $300. The website was free because I built it myself on Wix. Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, so th there wasn't a lot of money spent in the collateral, right? Now we're in talks with a $20,000 rebuild of the website now that we've hit that mark and now we'll bring it up to world class. So um, I always do that. Like even Unemployables website, you go to that now, it's built on Wix. You come back to that in nine months, 12 months, it will be kick ass, but we will fund it next round out of the business. So we run it lean because I know that the important thing is not the sizzle alone, you've got to have the steak, right? I was going to ask that question. One thing that I've always been so impressed with is how quickly you execute on an idea. And I was yeah. going to ask how you did that. And I think you've answered that question. Minimum viable product. Let's, yeah, let's and go. I know now all the tools, right? Like I know Snapper. I know 99. Like the logo was 99 designs, gold level competition, thousand mm. bucks. But the, the logo is everywhere. So it goes on everything. So that's one of my biggest investments at a thousand bucks but to answer your question james you're right no business is all sunshine and rainbows and i can tell you two hundred thousand dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars as a percentage of my net worth is not very much right but i still shit myself like it was everything <laughs> it's just hardwired failure is failure no matter where you are net worth wise right so i was nervous i'm like oh shit i've talked myself up in an, into this relationship now doug's issued me an invoice and it's 150 grand and now I've got to actually fucking ante the money up. Now, I had the money, sure, but it's still nerve-wracking when you, when you do it the first time. Mark, you would have done this many times. You've got 800 grand you put into your business, right? It's terrifying no matter where you are, right? Unless you're really, really, really rich, right? So there's that. Then there was like, okay, I'm going to go. The first thing was we've got these caravan shows that we're already booked into with Goldie. So I said to Jamie, who runs Goldie, and I was their main investor, dude, do you mind if I just like set up a stand on the edge of the stand that we've already got to, to see how the toilet's going? He's like, no, nah, bro, that's fine. No, go for it. 
So I'm like, fucking yes, I'm in, right? I get four people, we deck them out in t-shirts, we get the double shade sale, you know, there's 50,000, and I'm going, we are going to make so much money this weekend. Like, (laughs) nobody in Australia has seen this. People are going to love us that we're solving their chemical camping toilet. There was four of us working for three days straight in the hot sun, and we sold one Mm -hmm. to a a lady in Brisbane in Mount Omni, and it was for a disability use for a husband. Husband came over in a wheelchair, and I said, hey, mate, have a look at this. I showed it to him. He goes, hang on a second. Are you telling me? that if I do use this toilet, I can use the toilet, push that button, and my wife doesn't have to clean out the bedside commode ever mm. again. And he suggested, do you know how much shame there is in that for me? Mm. You know, like, and I've had to deal with this, like getting my wife to see my shit every morning and clean it out. And he was almost in tears, this guy. He goes, you have no idea. He goes, this is, this wow. is, this is, and I was, I was almost choked up at the stand. His wife came over, paid for the toilet. That was my first customer. Um, and I've since had occupational therapists from all over the country ordering them the NDIS scheme and different things now. So it's a dignity-saving device in that instance. But anyway, my point is, at the end of that show, I had one sale. I'd spent, paid each of these people 500 bucks for, for the three days. So I'm $2,000 in hard costs, and I'm $2,000 in sales, of which there's maybe a few hundred dollars profit. So I've lost money. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, I'm like, maybe I'm wrong, Right. Then we started with an agency out of Melbourne. I won't say their name, but they're the typical experience. Uh, when I say agency, a PPC agency. I thought, I'm going to go and get the good ones. Right, went for this big company in Melbourne that was just a shit show. They have a really, really smart guy. This is Google? This is a Google, Google PPC agency in Melbourne, one of the big ones. If you Google them, they'll come up for sure. Really articulate salesperson. Then you get handed off after a week to one of their Genius. young guys. Yeah, the junior. Oh, hey, Adam, nice to be serving you in the Melbourne office. I've got 180 staff down there. And it was just like mistake after mistake. It was shit. They weren't producing results. They're getting their $3,000 a month retainer. Mm. And then I had to start again. That's why I say we started in March. We actually started in October or November, but we weren't making any sales. And I said, that's it. I'm done with these big agencies. Then Christmas happened and then I asked in my network and someone said, there's this guy down in Burley, his name's Dante, he's part of Unemployable now, he's one of our coaches for the people that we coach. Awesome. So uh, have access to Dante as part of their coaching. And Dante only handles 10 clients. He used to work in some of the biggest ad agencies in the world, Saatchi and Saatchi and so on the PPC side, managed massive accounts. Now he works in Burley in a co-working space. Went and met with him, two and a half grand a month retainer. I can sit down there once a month and, um, and he's managed it ever since. As soon as he came on board, it went 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, just all the way up to our highest so far is 120, 130,000 in a month. But it's just been a consistent... Plus you get to speak to someone, you get to speak to the guy, not some um, person who's just come off the conveyor belt fresh out of college and done no, a, I, a degree. He, he, Dante runs my accounts and he's like trip to 3X them as well. So it's, uh, Yeah, you can call the it. guy up. He came to fight night with us that Eric's yep. company put on, you know, and he's a local. And there's a lot to be said for just a guy or a girl that you can sit down with, you can go to dinner with occasionally, you can over, have over for poker night. That guy's not going to fuck you over. I need to have a chat with Dante. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for your PPC stuff, you yeah. know. And he actually cares. Like, Dante, when a sale happens, because he's connected to the site, they text, oh, dude, we've got a sale. 
like and the language is we got a sale yeah and, and i'm like i love that's that that's so good and that's that's what i love he's as excited as i am and he's got his own e-commerce business he sells law contracts um uh like if you need a this or a that they've got them ready made and, 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 and written by lawyers now obviously ppc google a lot more business to to consumer right mm -hmm. selling to mom and dads mm -hmm. but i'm seeing a whole other market here on the business to business yes is that can you tell me a little bit more us a little bit more about that and strategies moving forward is that yeah. a sector that you're trying to yeah. get into yeah so the the next obvious one uh, you know tangential to uh, google ppc was what about facebook and socials um still b2c right at that point and i was never convinced about it because you know like it, it, it's not the same as somebody going camping toilet this you know bedside commodes that's a very intentional search i tried socials you know with with ad, ads and just couldn't get them working with with uh, an agency maybe um, it needs more time that we tried linkedin haven't tried LinkedIn yet. I, re I reckon LinkedIn is probably the most underrated social yeah. platform at the moment for, for B2B. For B2B. B2B. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we tried that on the B2C side because I know there's going to be people watching going, oh, the product like that, it's so demonstrative, like HighSmile. Like they crush it on socials. But HighSmile has a, a product which is a teeth whitening product. Mm. It's highly demonstrative where you see the purple go on and then the teeth get white and everybody has teeth and everybody can afford 20 bucks for some toothpaste. That's the problem with Facebook. The funnel starts so wide. That's right. Whereas camping toilets, uh, not so much. And we got some really clever videos, you know, like yeah, on that, social. That, that's when you, you can have that switch up. We spoke about that on the, a previous pod um, for what we were doing as well. When you go from, because you're running an e-com play. Right. If you turn it to a lead gen play, then a whole different story, which is for another time, but uh, yeah. which would work quite well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, 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 I think the over, I, I want to get to your question. I haven't forgotten it, but one thing that I've always held in my mind is I am at a point in my life where I want this business to be built around me, right? And my needs initially. So I don't, there's lots of things I could probably mm. do. For example, Amazon, right? I just don't want to deal with Amazon. After mm. the years I've had with Amazon, I just don't want to deal with Amazon. Yeah. I don't ever want to be suspended and by a bot. And then I've got $50,000 worth of toilets in their Sydney warehouse and I can't even call them. And I've got to wait for them in their good time to respond while they charge me fulfillment, sorry, storage fees, and while they charge me, you know, all these fees, and they won't even pick up the phone, right? And so I'm like, fuck Amazon, right? Like, I, I'm not going back there. So there's things I could do, like after doing the disability trade shows, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Mm. <laughs> like where I stand there for three days on a weekend, I'm 50 and already wealthy. So I don't want to give up my weekends doing that anymore. I just don't. So. Um, there's things I could do. So my, my whole mindset has always been, this needs to be a part-time business. Mm. So that's why I started with it in a shipping container. So all the inventory was in a shipping container opposite um, Harbour Town. And my wife and I, when we got an order, we bought a little shipping Dymo thing. We'd get the order, we'd print off a label, we'd run up to the, the shipping container, we'd stick it on the wow. thing, and then we'd run it to the post office and drop it off because I didn't want to commit wow. to a 3PL straight away. I wanted to make MVP. sure I had a, Yeah, it was costing $350 a month for the storage container. But then, of course, we like to travel as well. So we're like, to our son Josh, Josh, can you um, look after the orders for like a few days? And we showed him how the printing thing worked, and he would go up, and at the end of his day, he would go and grab them and drop them off. That's where we began. And then we went, oh, the shipments are going to come from America now and we've got to be there for the shipments. And I did that once where the semi turns up and it's got a 
you know, contain a load of toilets. And then you've got to be there and you've got to unload it with it, you know. So then we went to a 3PL. But now it's all set up where there's a 3PL in Brisbane that handles all of our stuff. And there's only certain marketing activities I'll do that fit in with my lifestyle, which do not include standing in the rang bar, um, <laughs> talking to people who are going to say, oh, yeah, well, that's a bit expensive. Like, I just don't want to do that. That's, that's such an important um, why to Eric's point as well. Like, I, I reckon one of the... If you have a love for travel, I have a love for travel. And if you start a new business and you're glued to that physical business day in, day out, and you're not getting to do that thing that you're so passionate about, there's going to be an inner conflict. Yeah. And I feel like looking back now, part of the reason that I might have failed in a lot of businesses because it was an inner conflict. I thought that it was giving me freedom, but it was taking it. Then I start an Amazon business that I can work from anywhere in the world. And even when the shit sandwiches are coming, I'm like, no, 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 no. We've got to make this work. And Dom's like, we've got to make this work because we want to keep traveling. So understanding yourself and your why and what motivates you this, is this so important. So important. And, and you know, we had retailers and I went and spoke to retailers initially. And they're like, well, we want X amount and we want 60 day terms. And I was like, at first you're like, oh yeah, we're going to be sold in like BCF and Anaconda, and I've spoken to those guys, right? And I'm like, but my margin's gonna be like 15%, and I'm gonna have to have all this inventory and wait for payment and chase payment. And I was like, I'm 50. Do I wanna do this shit at this point in my life? Do I wanna allocate the capital? And I'm like, no, fuck it, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be as big a business, mm. but it's gonna be a business that I wanna own. That's awesome. Do you know what I mean? And so I don't sell to retailers. And Doug told me that actually from day one. He said, Adam, don't deal with retailers. He said, unless it's massive and they've got really good payment terms, he said, keep the margin yourself. You're the only one in the country that has the product. Mm -hmm. Nobody has a product like it. If they want it, they can buy it from you and you keep the margin. And at first I was like, oh, no, no. And then I just saw the wisdom in his ways. Mm. So a lot of what I've done has been, yeah, you could build a bigger and you could probably do it. But it's like, but I like to go to like Europe in summer holidays. <laughs> just, just, yeah, yeah. just, I know that you got the hard part B to answer uh, Eric's question, but um, I think there's probably a, a good wedge in here for, okay, that was you, that was running the business, product market fit, it's all tickety-boo now. Um, you've done a, a joint venture, if you will, bought on someone, which will probably lead into, what's that look like now? You don't want to be in the ring, but he probably doesn't <coughs> either, but it might lead into that beta, bigger B2B um, play now about where you're going with it. Now you've got um, a rock star on, the, on, on board. Correct, yeah. So the business has transitioned recently to um, bringing in a second owner. So my wife and I own the business through our family trust owns. So the way we funded it, and I just want to talk about this because I think it's, it, there's a good lesson in this for everybody. When, when our family office invests in a business, we basically do loans to the business, right? So um, in this case, like for Goldie Caravans, we loaned them money with what's called a coupon or an interest rate. Mm -hmm. And the company must pay the interest from day one, right? And so the reason that we do this is, let's say in Goldie Caravan's case, it was $200,000, right? To, to, you know, they have to pay 10% interest. So 20 grand a year divided by 12 months is I think 1,300 a month or something it was, I can't remember. So I get to say to my partner, honey, we're getting 10% return on our money <laughs> straight mm -hmm. away, right? And she's like, well, that's a good return compared to all the other stuff that we do. That's pretty good, right? And we're like, yeah, it is. Now, it's high risk. I don't try to play it off that it isn't. But we are acknowledging that my capital has value from day one. 
because it does because if it's not where like i can do i do a lot of first mortgage lending at nine i get 9.8 at the moment in first mortgage lending so that 200 grand could be making me 9.8 so if i'm going to allocate it to you mr entrepreneur you need to be able to pay me 20 grand back or 1300 dollars a month and i watch and if they go oh i don't know about 13 it's unsecured right it's unsecured if they go oh 1300 dollars a month i'm like all right don't worry about it because if they can't make $1,300 a month out of selling caravans, what the fuck are we talking about? Right? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Right? You've got 200 grand in the bank, right? Six payments is only going to eat into that a little bit, right? Um, and, and so I'm getting that capital. So when I loan the money for Dry Flush, it's from the family trust, loans the money and with a coupon rate and we get the shares as well, right? So then the company is paying interest back on the, on the, on the thing. So um, that's how we finance it initially and now we have national australia bank has come in and said hey listen um we've got an inventory financing product um and i'm like how does that work and they said well next time you need to pay doug let's say it's a hundred thousand dollar invoice we'll pay the invoice and in six months from the day that we pay, pay the money you're going to owe us um the the, the capital plus 10 percent interest amortized so meaning if you've had it for six months well it's only five percent mm. Right, so 100 grand, you'll pay $105,000 back in six months. And I think that's unreal. That's it's so good. Because, yeah, because I get, you know, like it's, I don't pay until the toilets are on the dock in America. So they're made. So it takes three weeks to get here, let's say a week to get out of customs. That's one month. I've now got five months to sell those toilets before the money's owed to NAB. Mm. And when I spoke to my friends at NAB, because I'm with NAB Private, they said, Adam, None of our big clients use their own money in that, in that game. They all use our money. Why would you use your own money? Use our money, right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, so now what that meant was all that inventory money, that investment, I was just able to pull it straight back out. Mm. And now I'm operating a business with none of my own money. NAB's funding it all. And uh, we're able to you know, grow. So that's, that's pretty incredible. Oh, we've got like something like 1.2 million of inventory sitting, sitting on the shelves. That's just dead money for growth. Yeah, and with your history, you back. would get inventory finance. James has just gone through the process as the, well. The only caveat on that is that um, you might want to ask um, when you have the conversation is your stock's not sitting in Australia. That's probably the only... That's true. You may not find NAB, okay. not, may not finance that. There's yes. other companies like Scottish Pacific. Scottish Pacific. Right, okay. Yep. Yeah, there's other companies. So there are other companies. So so to, so to answer your question about the, the new um, changes at Dry Flush, it's now got to a point where I've realized that I'm sitting on a bigger business than I'm, I'm too lazy to realize mm. the real value of this business. And, and by me not bringing somebody in, I'm not doing the business a, a, a service uh, and I'm not doing my partners, Doug and John, a service who, who've basically entrusted me to do the best I can in Australia. And I'm real about the fact that I don't want to do at this point in my career what would be needed to do. It doesn't mean retail, but it means proactively going after the B2B market. Like, for example, BHP, right, that have ordered toilets off us now. There's, there's more of those businesses out there. There's Rio, there's BHP, there's the entire mining sector. There's an annual conference called Diggers um, up in uh, Kalgoorlie once a year. And it's like this epic, iconic event that is full of billionaires and prospectors and everyone thrown together. And like, you've got to book a year and a half in advance just to get an accommodation there. But we need to, dealers and diggers it's called. And we need to be there. And I said, can we get a booth there? We rang them and the lady laughed and said, you know, there's like a 10 year waiting list to get a booth in the dealers and diggers. And I'm like, really? She goes, yeah, really? <laughs> I was like, holy shit, there's this massive ecosystem 
that exists there full of donger manufacturers and da -da 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 -da, that would love our toilet. We can't even get a thing there. Now, the solution is we, we rent a, an RV in Adelaide or Perth and we drive out to Kalgoorlie. And, and the guy I've brought on is like super excited about this. And I'm like, well, that makes one of us. <laughs> right? so, <laughs> so I said, I'll give you a toilet for the RV. And he's like, but he's at a time in his life where he wants to kill. Like, so who have you brought hungry. on? Is, is I, GM? I brought, yeah, yeah, GM, but actually with equity. Okay. Like, and and um, so it's a guy from my network, but my friend network, um, who I've known for years, who went through some really proper shit. Like he went through stage four cancer, lost everything through that, including his business. Um, and he built a very successful e-commerce business. Prior to that, he owned three Telstra stores. Yep. Smart, but just he lost everything because he, he got given a 5% chance of survival and he beat it. Mm. Um, so I, I was sitting there with my wife and I said to Cass, look, honey, we've got to bring somebody in to dry flush. It's, it's gone from zero to a million in a year. And, and I'm a lazy fuck. Like it's done that with me being saying no to opportunities and not going to caravan shows and not wanting to go to the Sanctuary Co boat show and mm. not doing anything, right? Just Google ads, right? And I said, this is a three, four, five million dollar business, you know? And so I thought, who, 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 who? And then I thought, Kebby. And I was like, Kevy's perfect because he understands e-commerce. He had a big business with thousands of products here in Australia, in the automotive industry. It's still running to this day. Um, he's got a massive motivation for, I won't go into the reasons why here, but he's got a massive motivation to get back on top um, that run deeper than just having lost it. So I rang Kevy. I said, Kevy, what are you doing? He says, mate, I'm, I'm looking for something. I need to get back on the horse. I said, brother, let's have lunch. So I went and had lunch and I said, this is what I think I've got. Here's all my numbers. Here's the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, how about a deal? And I put a deal on the table where I said, right, we're at a million bucks a year. Um, here's the proof of that. And that's assessed over uh, three months. Uh, if you average them out, that's where we are. Let's put a value on the business today and a conservative value. So I put three on it. And the reason I say that's conservative, for a patented product with a recurring back end, and exclusive distribution that's growing like that, three is very conservative. Like I, I three, honest, three multiple, three multiple on, on the earnings, profit. on profit. On profit. So I said, let's just call it 20%, which is actually higher than that. But let's say it's 20%, 20%, million dollars, 200 grand a year profit times three, 600 grand valuation. Are you happy with that? And being a smart guy, he went, yeah, are you sure? Because <laughs> I know I could sell it for a million dollars tomorrow. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that. So I've got this business that I started for 250 grand. It's paid back more than half of it already. Um, I'm in it for 100, it's worth a million. That's before we miss that point, is why you should be starting, everyone listening here, why being unemployable pays, <laughs> right? Turn 100 grand into a million in a year, or 250 into a million, or if you don't have the money, go find people who've got the money. It, the, the returns in business are crazy. Anywho. Said to Kebby, 600 grand valuation, that's mine. You don't participate in that because I built that with my wife. That's my family's. Everything above 600, we, we can talk about. So we came to a deal and it starts at 20% equity uh, and profit share. So I'll give him 20% profit share on everything above it from, today, from day one and 20% equity. But the equity vests over, I think it's four years. I can't remember. So if, if he leaves for any reason before one year, he gets nothing. Mm. If he leaves after one year, but before two, he gets 25% of the 20, right? So 5%. If he leaves at two years, he gets 
half because he's halfway through the vesting period. If he lasts four, he gets all of it. But the profit share, the distributions are the full 20% or wherever it is. So it starts at 20% and then as he hits different milestones, so it goes up to 22 and a half, 25, and then there's some stretch goals where I'll give him 30% if he reaches this stretch goal. That's great, yeah. So I've aligned the incentive. So he didn't require any capital. He got into a business that has product market fit locally and I can't lose because he doesn't participate in anything that I've already created. Mm. Does that make sense? That's a, yeah. that's a true win-win. And now he, like I had dinner with him last night, he came down, he lives in Harvey Bay right now, um, and he's just pumped. Like he's calling the phone calls back and he's on the, you know, he's booking this show and he's going to Kalgoorlie and he's on the phone with the, you know, the web developers because for him, it's like, this is my chance, right? And I'm backing him 100%. That's awesome. Imagine the, term, the determination he has, you know, 5% chance of survival. And he beat that. Like, imagine what he's going to do in a business, you know? And he's got the experience. He's got the experience. He's got the goods. Mm. And so if you can find those alignments, um, and, you know, the agreement's really simple. um, And, you know, our family office will have our money back um, in a few months. So we'll have zero in the game. We've got a motivated operator. And um, all I've taken out of the business so far sounds silly but I, I needed a car right so i bought a mercedes like a just a glc 55 grand or something and other than that i haven't taken a salary haven't taken anything out company bought the, the vehicle i did the dumb thing and paid cash for it because we had excess cash that's the only thing i've taken and, out. The, and then you know there'll be a handover period like a post-close integration fuel and acquisition he'll do the handover and then you're essentially off the org board which is what the whole goal is thing is to get out of out of that so you can focus on other opportunities and now it's going to get the maximum amount of growth from someone who's pumped Correct. And it's like what we did with Goldie. The same thing with Goldie. Goldie's now under its own way. They've got their own thing going on. They've, they've, they've done seven figures the first year, multi-seven the second year. Um, and that same exact thing. And that, that, the investment in Goldie, I think, was 200. So I make these investments, which are at loans. I call it equity. Mm. So debt and equity, mm-hmm. right? So do equity loans. But you think about it over the 12 month period that it's taken, there's been some grind in there, you've been the dancing bear, you've been doing ads, you've been doing videos, you're doing websites, you're doing the whole shebang. Oh, and now 100%. it's like, cool. And that's where the, that's what the value is with this 600's mine. And that's so fair. Hey, I was on a cruise ship in Europe with friends of mine from the sunny coast. They're wealthy property developers, very close friends. So we went to Europe, we did this whole thing. I'm on the back of the boat, like I'm sitting there, I get a phone call from like, Western Australia. G'day, mate. How you going? Where? I said, where are you? I'm like, I'm actually in Istanbul today. Right? Like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm Aussie. I'm just here on a cruise, right? But I was taking calls while I was in Istanbul or while I was in Dubrovnik or whatever. But the whole thing, like, I use a, a telephone number from, um, oh, I can't remember the company name. But anyway, it's like 50 bucks a month for a 1 800 number, and it emails me the voicemail. Uh, as soon as it comes in, and you call the number, it says, "Hey, welcome to Dry Plus Choice. Press one for sales, two for service." <laughs> There's no service, right? <laughs> they both go to Adam. Uh, yeah, they both go to me, but they both go to a voicemail. Like, this is how lazy I was. I didn't even take calls. So they, they instantly go to a voicemail that says, oh, uh, sales just on the phone right now. Leave a number. We'll call you back right away. So I d- the phone doesn't even ring for the first year, and it scales to a million You can dollars. say it's lazy. You can say it's smart. I mean, we, we've got our whole company yeah. set up like that right now with, 40, with 13 and 14 staff. No direct calls get through to anyone. They're all in, in inboxes because then you can get the distinct shortened version of the message in under yeah. eight seconds instead of a fucking 90-minute yeah. conversation with someone that's maybe kicking tires. So you can filter Before, it. Yeah, it's called Voice Connect. Same thing. Yeah. And so I said, I mean, to that degree, my phone yeah. never rings. I only recently tested putting my mobile number there and just to see, you know, but mm. 
anyway, look, it's it's um, it's it's a fantastic business, and we've got a um, a terrific operator in place now. And my goal, as and, and this is a distinction maybe for the people who are a little bit further down the line. Eric, I don't know if you think about yourself like this yet, but if you don't, you are that, <laughs> and you're very. You guys are, are the same. I started to talk to people who have family offices, mm -hmm. and I never thought of myself as a family office until I realised, oh, I've got enough capital here that I could actually just be deploying capital for a living. And when you make that switch in your head, and this is not for the beginners listening to this, but this is more to people who've got, you know let's say five million outside of their home and up, you start to be in that place where you've got, I mean, assets, not necessarily cash, but you've got assets that you could turn into or borrow against. So I start to think about my life in those terms now. It's changed everything. It changes the way I do deals because I'm no longer building the businesses as an entrepreneur. I will do the one-year hustle like I'm doing with Unemployable, right? Like with this podcast, I've worked my butt off for the last three or four months you guys know right all the stuff i've been running the youtube channel all the headlines are written by me all the descriptions are written by me all the cast magic's works done by me um or everything now we've got four full-time staff shortly mm. um months in and i'm able to just pull back a little bit now and, and work so i'm prepared to do the hustle but as but that's only to guarantee my family officer's money is never lost mm. you know as warren buffett said rule number one never lose the capital rule number two refer to rule number one <laughs> so that's why i worked at goldie for six seven months every day like jamie came in one day the guy who's um the founder and it was like eight o'clock i'd been there since four in the morning i'm not joking i was there from four in the morning because i was lying awake going i don't know the actual real cost of the van mm -hmm. so and i as eric said in the AI pod, how do you know the AI is not wrong, right? So I'm like, I've got all the money in this business. It's my factory that they're in, which is a, a that that factory is a five million dollar factory, right? So I I go down there at four in the morning and I get a pen and a paper, and I just walk around the van and I got every single screw, nut, bolt, washer, door handle, I mean everything. It took me about two, two hours. I was under there. I was looking at the axle. If I didn't know what it was, I drew a little sketch. <laughs> and then I went upstairs and I put it all into a spreadsheet. And I said to Jamie, that's a Google Doc of everything that's in your van. I want to know, column number one, where you get that thing from. Mm -hmm. Column number two, how much does it cost? <laughs> and then I want to know by the end of the week how much that van costs in parts. And then what I want to do is record how long it takes you guys to build one. So when, and I know how much we're paying the boys. So that's why I work in these businesses. So I know every nut and bolt. And when I sold my animation company, I sold it like that. Because the owner, the, the guys coming in that bought it, two women bought it off me. When they sat down with me, the brokers just sat there and shut up because they were like, ask Adam anything. Just watch this guy. He's like a circus clown. Like what the, he's freakish. The shit he knows about his own business. Because no business owners know it. It's a funny story. I, I, and I knew it, everything. A good friend of mine was a marketing manager for Harry Triggerboff. And her partner was one of the project managers for Triggerboff. And that guy, she sat right next to him every single day. For those who don't know Harry Triggerboff, he's Google him. He's Australia's wealthiest developer. One of Australia's wealthy men. He knows the price of a screw. He can pretty much do a feasibility on an 80-story building on the back of a napkin in about an hour and a half. Like mm -hmm. that. Yeah down to the fucking cost of a screw and then the installation of said screw. And, and so looping back to something we said earlier, do you know where that came from? 
failure. Yeah. That came from proper, mm. proper I, fuckings. I don't <laughs> you want know? this to happen again. I will never, ever, ever, you know, mm. let that happen again. But, th- but that's the point. You, you said you're, you're lazy, but it, it's, I, don't think, I don't think that's a fair assessment, right? Because like, you're willing to do the hustle and the work at the start to know every intricate detail. Then you earn the right to put yeah. someone else in charge. But a better way to say it might be sort of the old bull versus the young bull yeah the old bull sort of just sort of cruises down and and slowly makes his way around the paddock rather than running down like a maniac and trying to get on all the cows right so it's uh, that's something i've learned over time and 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 i've been able to build a lot more economic value for my family office as a result of that approach because i've been able to start unemployable as well as dry flush And I've been able to start a number of other things as a result of being resourceful and efficient with my time rather than going, I'm going to be in this and that and I'm going to be at every show. And I'm, I'm like, no, what I'm going to do is build up proof of concept, then find a, a hungry bull to take it from there to the next stage. And I'm going to put the capital behind it. But you've got to, you've got to get the reps in to, to totally. know what to look for, like yeah, Eric totally. was saying before, the experience just breeds. We've all been the hungry bull at some point in our life, right? Unless you're getting handed down money, James right? And you're a trust fund kid, right? Tiger, hungry. I'm a hungry <laughs> at some tiger. point, you need to start, uh, you know, as a hungry bull. And to be honest with you, I'm still a hungry bull, right? I, I am too, to be clear. And, and I've seen, I've been here, you know, doing work and seeing Adam on the phone speaking to Eleanor from WA on where's my toilet, you know? And I literally call every customer as quick. One of the first things I taught Kevy was the best thing you can do for our business is when you see the Wix alert come in on your app, mm-hmm. call them within five minutes. Yeah. And they're just blown away. So I literally call, I call Cedric from Wagga. Cedric, how are you? It's Adam from Dry Flush. And man, the impact is huge. You, you need to know your numbers. I have, I have friends, I have acquaintances that are good in business, but they don't know the numbers mm-hmm. and they're no longer in business. You need to know how to read P&Ls. We you need coach to, somebody on Yeah, this. you need to know how to read a balance sheet. You need to know the difference between gross profit, net margin, all these things. I'm so amazed at how many people that are in business that have no fucking idea. They think they're making money because they got half a million or they got a million oh. bucks or 200 grand in the bank and they're paying their wages. And then all of a sudden they've got a GST bill that they can't pay for. All of a sudden they're not paying their superannuation. And there's only one person to blame, and it's that bull. You know, it's a, it's a stupid hungry and, bull. And to that to that point as well, when you're looking at acquiring companies, that's what you're doing all day when you're after this conversation is looking at uh, financials. And I I think I said it on an earlier pod, 95 percent of small business owners' uh, books are a fucking mess. I went and bought like an online course for like 90 bucks from these guys in America. That I think it was on Udemy or something. Mm-hmm. Like I I, I said. You've got to humble yourself and go, I don't understand a P&L and a balance sheet and how they work together. If you are listening and you are that person, I was that person. We were all that person. You've got to force yourself to do it. And it, and it extends not just to numbers, Eric. It extends to, to tasks. Like you can't credibly replace yourself if you don't know the job. So mm-hmm. here at Unemployable, the reason I ran the YouTube channel is I wanted, I need to know what actually is involved before I start busting somebody else's balls to a standard. I need to have an appreciation for what's involved to get that standard. You know, like we, we have Richard here, right? And we, we, who does our editing, our, our trailers. 
and I learned it from Alex Samosi again. Alex, with his trailer guy, said, I, I got my video, my long-form podcast. I said, cut it down to a, a minute trailer. Go, come back at the end of the day. Showed it to him. He says, oh, that's pretty good. He goes, if I give you two days, what can you do? He says, leave it with me. He comes back. It's mar- markedly better. What, what if I give you three days? And he figured out after three or four days, these things were looking world-class. So now he knows what it actually takes to do the job to the level. So it's not just knowing your books, it's knowing the roles as best as you can so that you can manage with authority and your employees respect you because you've taken that time as well. It's t- timing and macro as well. Have you heard the story about uh, that, the guy who started WeWork? Yeah, Adam so Newman. Adam yeah. Newman, and now he started this new business, Flow, which yep. has a three 3,000 apartments under management. But he's gone and bought at the top of the market Fixed his debt at the... At well, it's and floating, he's on variable, floating debt. he's on variable debt that's basically gone up. So now the business isn't... The model's not profitable, even though he's a sensational operator. But he just isn't a numbers guy, but he's made the same mistake twice. Exactly, He right. did the same thing with just WeWork. loose. Very just loose. loose. Mm. Just didn't understand the numbers. But um, any other questions, guys, on... Uh, the bit, to answer your question, Eric, uh, about the business, yes, there is a lot of meat on the table in the B2B space in the... You know, uh, tiny homes, dongers, you know, mines and all that. So, yeah, that's all stuff that Kevy's going to be going after. But um, that's a dry flush story. And I, I think it's, it's there's great. a lot of learnings there for everybody. We've run up on time here anyway. But um, you can go look at the website and, um, you know, it, let us know questions and we Shoot can answer them on future, future pods. Million bucks a year, $200,000 profit, 12 it's months. It's actually a bit more, but yeah. But, you know, again, I, I see people out there that have the dreams, they have the aspirations, but they just won't start a side hustle, you know, to replace their $100,000 income job. Like the, the, these podcasts are for you guys to inspire you to look at a 50-year-old, almost 50-year-old, very <laughs> successful, right, full of wisdom, right, wealthy individual that is still taking phone calls from Eleanor here in the studio while we're doing other important things and now he's taken someone else that is going to grab the bull by the horns and they're going to make money together all while you're still sitting there wondering how am I going to do this these are these podcasts that we're telling you we're breaking it down for you on how to do it and there's, one, there's, there's, there's one last piece to it there that I think we probably overlooked a bit is you've just got to do the fucking work to it no, you, you cannot step miss the rung on the ladder Hamoji says it everyone says it you've just got to you've do the work it, James you and I are good mates and we play poker together and we know what we're both doing we're putting in the work yeah and, uh, oh. All right, guys, thank you for being with us again. We appreciate you here at Unemployable. Have a great day out there. Please share the podcast, like and subscribe and drop a comment and tell your friends. We want to make this the number one business podcast in the country. We need your help to do it. Thanks so much. Let's go. Ain't nothing about this is luck. Boy, this is ambition. Nothing gets in our way. We on a clear mission. We making plans. We just trying to lift society. Working so hard that we growing notoriety. And we born with the drive, yeah, it's inside of me. Eric, Mark, and James, we giving game, they inspiring. Adam, clear with the vision, it's so deployable. You do what you want when you live in life, unemployable.